today we're going to get into uh, quite a bit of scripture. I think it's a good thing that uh, we get deep into the Word of God. During this season, uh, it's important that we find ourselves rooted and grounded in the scripture like never before. It's easy to turn on the news. It's easy to turn on the TV or social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, or whatever it is that you may uh, go to to uh, consume media. And it's easy to allow our minds and our hearts and our spirits really to become saturated with the things of the world. Let me tell you this, the world does not have good news. The world does not have things that will inspire you. The world does not have things that will bring you hope, joy, or courage, or confidence. And it's really only in the Word of God that we find our hope, our truth. And as we press into the Lord through His Word and through prayer, as we pray in the Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to really bubble up inside of us, that's where we find our hope, our truth. That's where we find God uh, reinvigorate us. That's where we find that He will inspire us and bring us into new places of maturity in Him. I know one thing about this strange season that we're in. God is refining His church. He is refining His bride. He is pruning the bride of Christ. And if you feel like God has been working on you, well, that's a good thing. Scripture tells us that we should appreciate, that we should enjoy even when it's difficult, but to be thankful to the Lord for those seasons where He is pruning us, refining us, and creating us to be more in His image so that we become that pure, spotless bride that Jesus will return for. Now, during this time, uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened to us. It appeared that uh, we were able to go about our business and, and meet again where church could open and we kind of get back to life and then all of a sudden more cases pop up here and there and so the government begins to lock down and it's important that we realize that God is still working on us now I'm not going to speak towards the political situation or the environment or, or what uh, information we're getting from the media but I will say this during this season allow God to work deep inside of you because when we come through on the other side we are going to look different <clears throat> I was just listening to a wonderful message and probably a message that you've heard a few times and maybe you'll get a few examples uh, out of that from today's message about coming out of Egypt you know as Israel was being delivered from Egypt uh, God was working to get Egypt out of Israel. He was working to get some of those old ways, those old ideas, that old thinking out of their lives, out of their culture, things that have been ingrained into them for so long. God was working to get those things out. And what could have been a short time going from Egypt into the Promised Land took 40 years because of the refining process it required to get some of that old thinking, that stinking thinking, that dysfunctional thinking out of Israel. So for you, I don't know uh, where you are and what state you may be in. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you're doing well in your job. Maybe there's a lot of uncertainty. Maybe you're dealing with sickness. Uh, maybe you have contracted COVID-19. Maybe you know people who have contracted COVID-19. There is no condemnation. There is grace in Jesus. You must keep pushing forward and appreciate this opportunity to grow in God's grace and maturity as you press into Him. So uh, allow this time 
today, to be one that will refresh you. And God gave me this word that I think is so appropriate for your church. And I believe that God is speaking to Ecclesia. And the, the theme of this message is to be still. Be still. Be still and know that He is God. Now I'm going to read some passages uh, from Scripture. It's a good thing that the message is rooted in Scripture, right? And um, uh, if I could see your faces, I'm sure you'd be nodding your head. Uh, but we're going to dig into Scripture, and we're going to see what God has to say about being still and allowing Him to really be God. Because when we be still, we allow Him to be God. When we are filled with activity, when we are filled with emotion, with allowing our, our minds to run in so many different ways, we allow those things to become idols. Those things become God, and God is no longer God. Those things become the center of attention. They become our focus, and ultimately, they are idols. And those are things that must be torn down. Through this entire season, the Lord has just been uh, speaking to me. And one of the things that he has said over and over is that he's working through us to tear down the high places. Now, maybe that word is for you, but th there might be some high places in your life. Do you know what high places are? Those are the places that are set up. They're high, they're tall, they're, they're monuments that were set up in the Old Testament that, uh, that were set up to worship pagan gods. And sometimes we set up high places in our life, and that could be media, that could be uh, entertainment, it could be uh, fear, it could be, it could be eating, it could be all kinds of different things that we allow to consume us, to take the, uh, the focus of our attention and they become high places because they set themselves up against God, because they take priority of our worship. Our worship is our time, our energy, our focus, our attention. And if your time, energy, focus, attention is going somewhere else than to God, then you are worshiping something else. And so let me uh, just command, commission, challenge, whatever word, commend. Um, I can't command you, but... Uh, but Take this time to tear down those high places and see that God is lifted up, that he is exalted, that he is reigning superior, that his name is made magnificent in your life. And as we do this, we can relax, we can lean back, and we can rest in him. We can be still in him and know that he is God. Now, uh, the, this message was inspired from a verse that I read in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. It says, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. That that simple passage, those two verses, so impacted me. I said, Lord, what is it that you would have me to share with Ecclesia? What is it that you would have me share uh, about being still and allowing you to win the battle, to fight the battle, and that our enemies that we look behind us, we will never see them again. So I went to Psalm 46, and I'm going to read this. Uh, here in the uh, NIV. 
says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Hallelujah. That passage in Psalm 46 uh, really encourages me. And as we look at this particular passage, it's a prophetic passage. And, and I don't know that this particular chapter, this passage was talking about this season, but it definitely sure sounds like it. Uh, it looks like the world is falling apart. It looks like things are going crazy. The nations are uh, raging. Um, the earth is trembling. There's earthquakes. There's things that are going on. But as we read here in verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For us, as we learn, as we lean back and understand that it's our position to rest into him. And if you could imagine that God was standing behind me, standing behind you, that you could just lean back onto his chest and you could feel his embrace, knowing that he has you. He has your protection. He is going to take care of you and he is going to win the battles that are before you, that are before all of us. And we are still with him in his presence and seeing that he is God and he will be exalted. But it requires us to be still in his presence. So if you would like to take notes, um, I'm going to give you five different things um, that you can do, which would hopefully bring encouragement to you. I know for me, it's brought courage, hope and confidence to my heart during this time. Uh, the first thing is, as we see in Psalm 46, uh, verse 8, says, Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he's brought on the earth. And we continue on into verse 10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So number one, look to the nations. Look to see what God is doing around the earth. Now, you may not have access to all kinds of information about what God is doing in the nations. And uh, I want to tell you that God is at work in the nations. God is at work uh, throughout the continent of Africa. God is at work throughout Asia, throughout Europe. I hear stories every day, people contacting me of what God is doing. His name is being lifted up. And even though they have great difficulty during this time, just as we do, uh, many are suffering. Many are starving. Many of them are in a in a very, very desperate situation. It, it, honestly, it's it's overwhelming. I get requests and information for help, um, 
people that contact me every day from all around the world and, and at times it's it's truly overwhelming um, these things that are being brought to my attention uh, but I will tell you this that that there are churches being planted there are souls being saved there's Joshua Nation's Bible schools that are being started all over the nations uh, in many places we've seen almost a, an exponential growth like we've never seen before and that's because God's people are rising up and they're trusting in him trusting in his goodness and at times they're being still other times they're being active but I can tell you this in their spirit they are still and resting in his goodness and through that God is performing miracles uh, there's people that are having dreams and visions of the man in white there's entire unreached people groups that are coming to the saving knowledge and relationship of Jesus because God is intervening in their lives just like he did in Saul who became as we know the Apostle Paul so look to the nations and and as a missionary I want to tell you God is at work in the nations there is a global harvest that is emerging right now like never before and so I want to thank you for praying with us and praying for the harvest and just a brief plug uh, there's an opportunity to join with Joshua nations and prayer uh, we have a wonderful worldwide global prayer movement we're calling it the inheritance prayer movement but you can go to pray.joshuanations.org and you can join with us you can join with leaders all around the world and you'll get uh, regular updates on what god is doing in the nations and i know it'll be an encouragement to you everyone who's joined it um, has been really encouraged and they've also had uh, the ability to pray so look to the nations that's what we see in psalm 46 we see that his name will be exalted in the nations hallelujah the second thing I want to show you is that we should look towards creation. Just the other day, my family and I, uh, we were able to go camping, and we went out into the mountains. We did not have any access to uh, internet, phone, uh, technology. Uh, none of it worked. We were so far out there that um, there weren't even lights that would saturate the sky, and so uh, the sun would go down, and as we'd make uh, preparations to, to go to sleep in our tent, Yes, we get to sleep in tents. It cools down at night. Uh, uh, we love the Colorado outdoors. But we could look up to the sky and we could see so many stars. I mean, thousands, thousands upon thousands of scar, uh, stars. Like you, you, could, you just can't even describe it. It's beautiful. We look at creation. And you may not be able to see the stars over the Colorado Rocky Mountains. But you can look and you can see how God's work how his hand is in creation and all of these things all of creation will testify to his goodness and these things they they bring strength they bring hope they bring confidence and they also bring calm to us God's created these things for us and Psalm 19 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God the skies proclaim the work of his hands and if you get the opportunity, even if it's not in Colorado, but if you go somewhere where it's dark, you look up at the skies and you can see God's handiwork. You can look and see his amazing display of splendor. Let's also look at Psalm 95, verse 3 and uh, 3 through 5. It says, For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks 
belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Everything that you can see, now I know you're a lot closer to the ocean. If you're like my parents, uh, you can look out and you can see water just out your front window. Um, you can see ships go by. You know, all the awesome things that God has provided here on earth, they just, they just speak to his goodness. They speak to his glory. And all of those things were made by his hand. They were spoken by his voice and they came into existence for his glory to testify of him and for us to enjoy as well. In one of my favorite Psalms, I remember in, uh, in uh, private school when I was a, a, a really young man, I believe it was in third or fourth grade, um, that uh, maybe fifth grade, uh, years kind of get uh, blurry, uh, but in, in this private school at Christ for the Nations in Dallas, uh, we, had, uh, we had to memorize scripture as part of our study. And I remember re uh, memorizing this one, and I'm not going to try to do it because I'll probably butcher it since, uh, since I'm on the spot. Uh, but Psalm 8, I love Psalm 8. It says, Lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Though, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I love that song. It, it just speaks to the majesty of who God is and who he has placed us to be. In this particular passage, there's a couple things I want to point out. They're not part of your notes, not part of my notes, uh, but uh, a couple things that always just pop out to me. Uh, in the beginning of this passage, it says, through the praise of children and infants. Um, you know, I have a couple little boys, and uh, they, they understand, well, Judah understands a bit what's going on in the world. Amos doesn't understand it at all. Uh, the other day, yeah, we were walking into a restaurant to go grab a burger, and he said, Mom, why do, why do I have to wear a mask when I don't have the virus? And I was like, well, it's just it's the way it is. And uh, uh, what's interesting, though, is through children, there is a testimony of who God is. And even though sometimes our children can, can get on our nerves, they can wear us out, sometimes we can get exhausted, it's through their mouths that we see that their life is a testimony of who God is and his greatness. And the other thing I, I love about this is in uh, verse 4 it says, uh, Who is man that you are mindful of him? Pretty much, God, you've done all these great things. You've made such wonderful stuff. The moon, the stars, the skies, the, the earth, the fish, the, all of this great thing. And who, who are we that you love us so much? What's made us so different? Why have you done this? And it's just a testimony of God's grace and love towards us. So that's the second thing. We look at his creation and we are part of his creation. And we cry out to him through our lives as worship 
to honor him. But our, our lives and creation, they also need to rest in the stillness of his presence. Number three, we need to look at his deliverance for us and for other believers. We're going to look at a couple passages real quick. In Galatians 5.1, says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I love that. Stand firm, and do not allow yourself to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. My friends, sometimes even as Christians, we return to the yoke of slavery. Sometimes we go back to the bondage of sin. I don't know what this pandemic has done to you, but I've seen many people who profess to be uh, followers and lovers of Jesus, followers of uh, Christianity, followers of Scripture. And they, they say the right things. It appears they do the right things. They show up on Sundays. They go to church. But when this pandemic hit, lockdown hit, political turmoil hit, our nation becomes all of a sudden very divided by so many different things that so many Christians turned to old sinful habits. They turned back to alcohol. They turned back to drugs. They turned to pornography. They turned to greed. They turned to entertainment. They look for different vices to, uh, to fill voids in their life that all of a sudden seem to have uh, uh, come to the surface because their life and their routine was interrupted. If that's you, uh, I just want to speak directly to you and say, do not return to that yoke of bondage. Do not return to that yoke of slavery. Today is a day you make a decision in Jesus to cast off that yoke because Jesus has broken that yoke of slavery. He's broken that yoke of bondage. He has broken that yoke of habitual sin, and it is time to put that away. If you have returned to that during the season, uh, confess it, repent, turn from it, and walk away from it. It's no longer yours. And Galatians tells us, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He wants us as followers of Jesus, uh, people of God, to walk in freedom. Not in bondage, not in slavery, and not carry this burden of sin that we were not designed to carry. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In Psalm 32, 7, uh, says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. God is our hiding place. Our deliverance comes not only from what Jesus did. When we are delivered, we go and we run to him. We hide in him. We find our secret place in him. We come under his wing as it talks about in Psalm 91. We come and stand in his shadow. We sit in his presence. We embrace him for who he is. And we do not take on that yoke of slavery, but we quiet ourselves. I love this uh, particular psalm, uh, and I can't recall exactly which one it is. I want to say it's Psalm 100. I could be totally wrong. Uh, but it's a short uh, three-verse psalm. And uh, it's David, and he says, I, I quiet myself as... And he says, I quiet myself like a young baby in, in mother's arms. That's, that's the illustration that he gives. Um, 
what David was saying is there is a time, there is a season where we, we, we literally have to choose, we have to make a conscious choice to quiet and still ourselves. Have you ever tried to get a young child to be still? Uh, you probably know my youngest son, Amos. He's four now, and he's a bundle of energy. He's incredibly intelligent, full of life. He's quite sarcastic, like, uh, like myself and his mother. And uh, uh, he, he's, he's just a lot of fun. But trying to get him to be still at times is very difficult. And uh, I think in our spirits during a season like this, it's, it's almost like we're toddlers running around. And uh, we just don't know what to do with this energy. It's, it's misplaced at times. So uh, for me, what I do um, in the mornings, I have a bit of a routine. And, and maybe you need to set some kind of routine. But my routine includes a bit of exercise for about 30 or 40 minutes, if, if uh, time will allow, if I don't have an early appointment. Uh, but then I spend some time just praying, praying in the Spirit and reading the Word. And because of all of that, it, it stills my soul. It puts my spirit into alignment with the Holy Spirit. And so that I'm able to go throughout the day and make decisions and choices and have the proper kinds of attitudes and actions. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. I still make mistakes. Uh, but it sets the tone for the day. You have to take that moment. Be still. Lean back into God's presence. Quiet yourself and realize that the deliverance for your spirit, for your life, has already taken place. Relax into that. Find your hiding place in God and realize that He has you. He's got you. He's got you covered. I got your back. You ever have someone say that to you? I got your back. Well, God does. And He really does. He's going to take care of you. In 1 John chapter 5, uh, verses 4 and 5, says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. If you are born of God, you overcome the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. When you put your trust and your faith and your hope in Him, you become an overcomer. Now, you may be struggling. You may be feeling like you're running up against walls or barriers or difficult times. Uh, but you, my friends, you are overcomers. God has already won the victory for you. Because of your trust and faith and hope in Jesus, you are already destined, called, and set as an overcomer. You are no longer seated in the world. You are now seated in heavenly places as an overcomer. And you know what happens when you sit down? A lot of times, you're able to be still. Now, if I sat down, you wouldn't be able to see me, but you can be still, you can relax, and you can know that everything's right, everything's in the right place, and you can enjoy that time. If you're like me, you probably have a special chair or a spot on your couch, a place where you enjoy just sitting and relaxing. Well, do that in God. Do it in Him. Find a place where you can sit back, relax, and know that He's got everything under control and you can be still in Him. And He's got your back. Number four, and I, I'm wrapping up. So uh, I know I always tease you that there's many, you know, 15, 20, 30 points. Uh, 
but uh, there's only five. So number four, proclaim the testimonies that God has given to you. You have a testimony. You have a testimony from your salvation experience. You probably have a testimony from this week of how God has blessed you, taken care of you. And if you don't feel like you have a testimony of recent days, I want you to look back a little further. In Revelation 12, 11, I'm going to read this to you because I think it's important that you get it into your, into your mind, into your spirit, uh, into your emotions. Revelation 12, 11 says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. Who are they triumphing over? Over Satan, over sin, over darkness. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. My friends, you got two weapons right here according to this passage. It says you overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. It's important that we speak things out. It's important that we confess faith in Jesus. It's important that we confess the faith that he has put into us and what that has developed and matured into. It's important that we confess good things, promises, speak out the word of God. And as we confess and as we say those things, then it is a testimony of who he is inside of us. You know, one of the most impactful things when you're sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus, the love of Jesus with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, is your testimony. You tell about what God has done for you, and that brings it to life in them. Because no one can argue with your experience. I've had people say to me, oh, God doesn't heal today. God doesn't perform miracles. And, and then I begin to tell them what I've seen God do uh, with my own eyes. I begin to tell them what I've seen God do when I lay hands on people and the sick recover. And uh, they say, well, that's not true. I was like, I cannot argue uh, with you, but I know this, that when I placed my hand upon that person that had a tumor and that tumor shrank, God healed them. When they had scales on their eyes, and I prayed for them, and I watched the scale fall off and stick to their shirt, God healed them. When I saw a withered arm grow out, God healed them. And it doesn't have to be a supernatural, crazy, wild miracle like that, but what God has done for you is your testimony, and you need to share that with people. And that's how you overcome. And when you share the testimony, it gives you this boldness, this confidence, this joy, and then you begin walking as an overcomer. And you find that your day is just filled with a, a lot more uh, zeal, confidence, boldness. And it's in those kinds of seasons where uh, we, we can rest in God knowing that, uh, hey, the world may be falling apart around us. It may seem crazy. Uh, but God's got it all under control. Now that doesn't give us license to, to say God's doing all this or he's making all this happen. I'll tell you this though. Uh, God can use what's happening to grow us, to mature us, to chip away the rough places in our lives, and to refine us into the bride that he wants to come back for. So rest in that. Proclaim your testimony. And then the last thing, number five, is to stand in his presence with thanksgiving. In Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures. Just for a moment? For a little while? No, forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Uh, I was talking with a pastor uh, this week. And uh, he was he was uh, just sharing his heart. And he was down. He was a little depressed. And, and uh, he's an encourager. He likes to lift up people. And uh, the Lord was just uh, speaking to me to encourage him. And uh, sometimes, you know, even the encouragers need encouragement. So uh, as you're watching this, let me ask you, would you encourage your pastor? Would you encourage your leaders? Would you encourage those around you? Uh, maybe you're the one that is always needing encouragement from someone. Maybe reverse that role today and you begin to speak life. You begin to speak joy. You begin to speak hope and confidence and courage and thankfulness. And as I look at this passage in Psalm 100, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And I can promise you this. When you go to the Lord and if you begin with thanksgiving and gratefulness, gratitude, and, and just really expressing how awesome God is and what he's done for you, you know that's part of your testimony like we were just talking about, uh, that thanksgiving will change your heart. It'll change your perspective. And before long, you're going to find that you are filled with joy. You're filled with courage. You're filled with confidence. And you'll be able to go forth boldly. That thanksgiving allows us to rest, to be still, and to know that He is God. So look to the nations. Look at creation. Look at the deliverance that he's brought to you and, and to others who, who love him. Proclaim the testimonies of what God has done in your life. And then stand in his presence with thanksgiving. As we do these things, we find that we can be still and know that he is God. And we go back to this original passage that I, I shared with you at the beginning, Exodus 14. Verse 13 and 14. Let me use this to close us out. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. You may feel like you have all of Egypt chasing you down, but stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord today. The Egyptians that you see behind you, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So I close with this. Be still in God's presence. Know that he's in charge. He is sovereign. Even when it doesn't make sense. Be still and know that he is God. He's going to fight the battle for you. The victory is already won. It's been purchased. It's been secured. It may not be easy. It may not be the way you see it may not be the path you think. I imagine Israel's looking at, the, at the, the sea and saying, What? How are we supposed to get beyond this? And God made a supernatural provision. He opened it up. And God is going to do the same thing for you. He's going to open a way for you. And you're going to rest into His provision. You're going to rest into His deliverance. You're going to rest into His joy. And you can be still in your spirit and know that He is God. Allow me to pray for you. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to dig into your word. We thank you that you have brought us deliverance. We thank you for this word, to know that you are God and that we can be still and relax in you, even when it seems like chaos all around us. 
Lord, we lift up your name among the nations. We look to all of creation. We shout praises to you. We are thankful to you. And Lord, we, we will not return to that yoke of bondage and slavery, but today we make a decision to follow after you and to be still in your presence, knowing that you have it all under control. We thank you for this. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this word with you. May the Lord richly bless you this week. And I look